Chapter 31. Brooks and I lay on opposite ends of the of the bench with only four feet with only our feet touching. I gave her most of the blanket as the winds kicked up, speeding the currents. I closed my eyes and fell into a deep sleep where I dreamed of the strange metal forest like before, but this time there was no Rosie, only Miss Cab as a chicken the size of a rhinoceros hollering, find his blind spot. A pooch doesn't have a blind spot, I yelled. Then I felt relieved to see her. She was my link to home. How's my mom? Your mom? You're worried about her when every day I'm becoming more of a chicken? Today I crave bird seed, Zane. Bird seed. You must hurry. I get it, but I need to know. Is she okay? With an annoyed cluck, Miss Cab said, if you must know that fool or tease is under constant surveillance. And when I'm no longer a chicken, I swear I'll, she let her pending death threat, or she let her pending threat die on her chicken lips. Good. The three of them were safe and sound. Now back to old puke, I said, unless you have some secret up your sleeve, you're, you badgering me in my dreams isn't exactly helping. And it really hurt when you jammed your beak into my hand. Yes, well, you deserve that. I agree that dreams aren't the best way to communicate. Only some of my words are reaching you and it's quite maddening. It's all, but it's all we have. So what do I do once I'm in the old world? Kill him. Great idea. Zane, I'm a chicken. My legs are chicken legs. My eyes are chicken eyes. My brain, well, you get the point. I'm not exactly, did I mention I'm a chicken? And you know who sings out of tune to me every day. I'm hoping I'd, I'd make it, I hoped I'd make it back to tell Mr. O that La Muerte was as powerful as he dreamed. So he'd, so he'd be so excited. And Rosie, I asked hopefully, any word from your friends? Do I look like your secretary? The metal trees shimmered with warped images I couldn't make out. Then Miss Cab squawked. Time to wake up. Remember the blind spot, Zane. Find it. There was a terrible explosion and a cloud of smoke filled the air. I jerked awake, hacking at my lungs. Uh, Brooks pulled the blanket over her head and jammed her foot against my leg. Sorry, I murmured, sitting up. Thankfully, the explosion had only been in my dream. The smoke had been replaced with fog so thick it swallowed the sea on and the horizon. The sky above was a pale grayish blue. It was impossible to tell for sure, but I guessed the sun was rising. Jazz rushed down from the second deck. We've made incredible time. See, I told you this boat was amazing. Are we close? I asked, lowering my voice to avoid another kick from Brooks. We're here. This is the old world? That got Brooks up. Her hair was a tangle of knots, and she had dark circles under her eyes. Jazz snorted. No, this is the entrance. Blinking, I looked around, trying to see through the mist. Where? I half expected a door or a gate. Brooks was on her knees, peering over the railing. I don't see anything. The boat lurched and stopped suddenly, like a stone wall was blocking our way. Slowly, the fog separated and curled into ribbons, created an image. I held my breath, watching as it took shape. Sleeping eyes, a nose, and a mouth. It looked like an enormous face. Holy K, Brooks cried. What's that? How do we get through? I asked. Jazz grunted. The mouth, of course. Do we need some kind of magic words or something? Brooks said to get it open. Jazz frowned, then looked at us with one frantic eye. Give me something that belongs to each of you. Something with some weight to it. There wasn't time for questions. Brooks yanked off her boot, muttering something about freezing feet and thrust it at him. Jazz turned it over in his hand. It's all I could think of unless you want a dirty sock, Brooks said. I looked around, grabbed my stupid cane off the bench. 
and handed it to him. You think it's going to open for a combat boot and a cane? She has launched Brooks's boot in the face. Nothing happened. Just like I had suspected, he mumbled. The fog began to curl again and the face started to disappear. Blood for the gods. Open. He launched my cane, smacking the face on the nose. Slowly the mouth opened. A huge yawn revealed total darkness inside. Er, you sure this is a good idea? I asked. You want to get to the old world or not? Jazz rushed up the stairs and put the boat in gear. We sailed into the mouth silently until we were covered in total darkness. Jazz? That was Brooks. He drew in a sharp breath. I'm here, kid. As my eyes adjusted, I said, this is the gateway? My voice echoed like we were in a tunnel, very cold, a very cold tunnel that smelled like a rotting, like rotting roadkill. Brooks wrinkled her nose and covered her mouth with her hand. The smell was sickening, like at a dairy farm back at home, but mixed with raw chicken decaying in the sun. Then I saw why. In the dark waters below were bizarre-looking eyeless fish as long as bull sharks and as bloated as puffer fish. Their pale flesh looked half-eaten and chunks fell off as they slithered through the dark. Whitish foam curdled on the water's surface. Brooks's eyes were wide, trying to cut through the dark. What do you see, Zane? It looks like a tunnel. I leaned over the railing. We were surrounded by rusted, corroded metal walls or the hull of a wrecked ship. The space was so narrow, I could have reached out and touched the walls if I'd wanted to, which I didn't. Creaks and groans echoed through the cold space. Why is it so awful? I asked, trying to take tiny breaths to avoid the rotten smell. It hasn't been kept up, Jazz said, flicking on a flashlight that looked a lot like the burning flesh kind Brooks had lost in the volcano. When the new gateways were built, these were forgotten. Death has a way of infesting whatever it touches. I looked up at Jazz. He was frowning, scanning me like I was some kind of lab rat, like maybe he'd like to switch on the red beam and burn me up. What's wrong, Brooks said. Her face was half hidden in the shadows. When I got the letter, Jazz began slowly. I thought there'd been a mistake. Then I got suspicious. Why would somebody ask me to take them to the old world, a place of the gods? What are you talking about, Jazz? Brooks asked. He began to hum that stupid song, The Days Are Coming." and a terrible uneasiness rose inside of me. Only gods can open the old gateways, he said. I'm not a god, and little hawk, you're not. So that leaves the two others on board. Something tells me it isn't El Luchador downstairs. I opened my mouth to say something. What? I didn't know. Brooks shot me a look while Jazz continued to unravel my secret. You're Cain, he said. That's what opened the gate. How does a cane open an ancient gateway? I asked flippantly, hoping Jazz might hear how crazy it sounded. By belonging here, Jazz said, by belonging to a god. I didn't like the way he was considering me with this one, with his one eye. This had gotten out of hand. There were too many clues and signs pointing to me as a godborn, and I knew it was only a matter of time before everyone figured it out. I had to get to a pooch, and I had to get there fast. A flash of movement in the water caught my attention. Slowly, like it didn't want us to notice, the water, the dark water began to rise. The foam bubbled and steamed. Jazz, I looked over my shoulder at him. So, he said, still stuck on me having the power to open the gateway. What do you have to say for yourself? You some kind of god in disguise? What kind of game are you playing? Uh, can we talk about that later? Because right now we've got a problem. Problem? 
Looks like the water's rising, I said more calmly than I felt. Jazz's eyebrows shot up. He rushed to the boat's railing, aimed the light, and scanned the sea below. Shadows cast by the pale, eyeless fish started right under the surface. Then he mumbled a few curses and said, it's even worse than that. Jazz, Brooks shouted. The walls are closing in. Someone's trying to shut this gateway. Jazz jerked off his vest. We gotta get out. Get out, Brooks said. How much farther do we have to go? Is there an emergency exit, I hoped? Just a few feet, Jazz barked. A few lousy feet. I didn't have to guess who was closing the gateway. Puke face. Blasted tracker. I should have carved it out of my skin. But I'd been stupid enough to believe he'd be too busy tormenting the twins to care about me. Jazz scrambled up to the deck, shifted the gears so hard uh, that the, bone gro the boat groaned in protest. The engine sputtered. Come on, move, he yelled. It felt helpless. The water continued to rise. I heard the sound of rusted gears grinding as the walls kept closing in. The air was so thick it felt like a living thing trying to choke us all. Zane, Brooks hollered. Do something. I gave her a panicked look, but I gave her a panicked but blank look. Like what? You're the son of... She threw her hands into the air and shouted, I don't know, like anything. I leaned over the edge, willing the water to stay in place. Mott had only traced his hands through the water to get it to, to do as he commanded. Instinctively, I raised my hand. Stay. Okay, lame choice of words. I mean, I wasn't commanding a dog, but it was all I could think of. The water kept rising. Rising and rising and rising. My body stiffened. Jazz cursed up a storm as he rushed below decks and returned with an inflatable raft. Boat's too big to get through. It's going to get crushed like a sardine can. He was right. It was only a minute or so. In only a minute or so, the crushing would begin. Jazz raised the raft to his mouth and started blowing. Fortunately, a giant's lungs are big enough to inflate a four-person dinghy in 15 seconds. No way I'm getting into that, Brooks said to Jazz. Those, those monsters will eat right through it. They only eat flesh, Jazz argued, rubbing his chin. Don't think they like rubber. Oh, I said with a casual shrug. Well, that makes it a super option. My wrist began to burn like hot wax was dripping onto my skin. I didn't even want to look down. Somehow I knew that the second I did, everything would change. Drip, drip, drip. Clenching my jaw, I glanced at Apooch's mark. The eyes beneath the eyelids moved back and forth, wildly, impatiently, slowly, and painfully. My skin began to tear, as if an invisible razor was slicing it open. I bit back a scream, watching in terror. The eyelids opened. This wasn't just a tattoo. These were real eyes. Black eyes that could see. Now I did scream. A line of blood snaked down my arm. What is it? Brooks's voice shook. A deep, dark laugh echoed off the walls. A pooch, I shouted so loud the walls vibrated. You're a coward. Where is your father now? His voice was steady as a thin trail of black mist rose from the slit in my wrist and encircled me. Zane, Brooks's wild eyes took me in. I could tell she couldn't hear the god of death. Anger was climbing up my throat now, fast and furious. It burned like lava. Guys, Jazz called from the front of the boat where she'd already where he'd already loaded hondo get in i hurried over tugging brooks along and made sure she got into the raft alive she looked back reaching for my hand but i'd already stepped away her eyes glowed like fire zane let them go up it's me you want i gripped the railing corroded walls continued to press in 
Zane, Brooks shouted again. She was trying to scramble back aboard the boat, but Jazz had a hold of her. She kicked and squirmed. Let me go. The dark laugh bounced off the walls. Pooch was enjoying this. The albino fish monsters began to glow beneath the dark water, casting a putrid yellow light through the tunnel. I glanced down at the eyes on my wrist. They were staring up at me. Gods can be more can be in more than one place at a time, Mott had said. I finally understood. A pooch could see me, knew my every move, not because of some tracking device. These eyes, his eyes, had become a part of me. I gagged. We're not going without Zane, Brooks had managed to get free of Jazz and was climbing back onto the boat, which the walls were still crushing. Why was she so stubborn? More screeching and grinding of metal on metal. Water splashed over the sides and foam pooled on the deck. The monsters below opened their massive jaws, ready to devour whatever flesh came their way. Everything seemed to be happening in slow motion. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see Brooks coming toward me with awkward strides as the boat tipped dangerously. I dropped to my knees. I knew what I had to do. Brooks was gripping the railing, getting closer and closer. Stay back, I hollered at her, but I knew it was useless. She never listened. You're strong, Godborn, a pooch hissed, but not strong enough. Then an idea struck me. I reached into my pocket and pulled out the jade. Whoever gives it away can give it any power. With an outstretched arm, I tried passing it to Brooks to give her some kind of control over the water so they could all get away. Take it, I shouted. Her eyes fixed on it, and I could tell she understood. She lunged, her free hand extended. As our fingers met, the, the boat lurched forward, forcing me to lose my grip on the stone. It skittered down the deck. Pivoting like a tornado, Brooks went for the jade, but she didn't have enough light to find it. It was gone. The shadowy sea crept up higher and higher. Like sharks that could smell blood, the monsters gathered with open mouths. I called to Brooks over my shoulder. Pull me out when I, when I tell you to, okay? Pull, what, what are you talking about? Just be fast, I hollered. Then to a pooch, I said, you want me? Then come and get me. And I plunged my wrist into the hungry waters.